You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. NCAA loosening up rules on underclassmen going into the NBA draft. A lot of headlines here. I don't know if there's a main headline here, but we'll attempt to create one or two. You can get in touch with the program, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. McLovin will have a poll question. We got a couple of stats. I got an unbelievable stat of the day for Nick Nurse. Unbelievable stat of the day. Did not know this. The guys from Stats, Inc. came up with uh, this uh, really an amazing stat of the day. Have that for you coming up. Play of the day also had that for you as well. Throughout the coronavirus pandemic, we've been aware of the possibility teams would leave their hometowns to play elsewhere. Now you have some states are opening up and saying they would welcome in pro sports. It's coming closer to a reality. Put aside the serious medical, financial, political issues that this is going to raise. It's a, it's a radical move from a sports standpoint. Teams and civic pride are incredibly intertwined. And if you want an illustration of that, watch the Netflix series Sunderland Till I Die. It's about an English soccer club that means everything to its fans. Life and death. I'm not sure professional North American teams evoke the same love. College football might. Pro sports, that's a step down. For example, Rams and Chargers temporarily moving out of L.A. It wouldn't be the same as the Packers leaving Lambeau. For some teams, losing home games would be a huge competitive disadvantage. For others, not as much. But these are extraordinary times, and everything is on the table. Leagues may have to make decisions that would have been considered unthinkable just a couple of months ago. Prior to the release of the NFL schedule, I was told, keep an eye on these teams in California and where they could relocate temporarily to play games maybe for the first month of the season. And I was told San Francisco, the 49ers could maybe go to Denver. Then maybe you could have the Rams or Chargers go to Arizona. And if uh, one team goes to Arizona, the other one goes to Las Vegas. These were things that were told to me just to keep an eye on it. And once again, contingency plans. Everything's a contingency plan. NBA is dealing with a contingency plan. Baseball is right now. Football is going to in the fall. Here is the uh, Florida governor. His name is uh, Ron DeSantos. And Ron DeSantos is uh, talking about Florida welcoming pro sports. All these professional sports um, are going to be welcome in Florida. That may not be the case in every other state in this country, as we've seen. And so what I would tell commissioners of leagues is if you have a team in an area where they just won't let them operate, we'll find a place for you here in the state of Florida uh, because we think it's important and we know that, that it can be done safely. We don't know it can be done safely, but if it can be done safely, I'm all for it. So that's uh, Ron DeSantis, the uh, Florida governor. They had already explored this at Disney World, maybe bringing all the NBA teams down there and you sort of have a quarantined end of the regular season and the postseason there on the uh, uh, Disney campus because you have restaurants there. I mean, everything is there. You have your own little world. And uh, it's almost like the Truman Show, if you saw that movie with uh, Jim Carrey, where everybody is there and you have your neighborhood, uh, your community, and maybe you could have this uh, season salvaged here with the NBA. Everything's on the table. It should be. I get it. You know, now we have some... Uh, and, and it's not political agendas. It's just, uh, you know, politics enters in where you have the stay at home uh, policy in California. And now you're going to extend it for three months. And then the next day you start to walk that back. 
that's the danger of all of this. You know, this has to be a, a team. It's got to be teamwork to be have everybody saying the right thing so we don't get confused with it. Like, that's safe, but that's not safe. They can play, but we can't play. That league, that conference, that's where I get nervous about this. Making sure that we have a unified voice that we know this is what it's going to take. And I'm not complaining about anything. Even when they said, hey, what do you think about pumping in crowd noise? If you said I can have football right now and they pump in crowd noise, I'm fine with that. I don't want it. I'd rather not have it. I'd rather have no crowd noise. But if you said, hey, you got football coming back and they're going to have some fake noise, I will get over it. (laughs) I, I promise I'll get over it. Hey, baseball is coming back, and they might have the DH on both leagues. I'm okay with that. I'm really lenient right now. You want to have basketball in Florida? Let's have basketball in Florida. Yes, Eaton. I'm okay with fake crowd noise only if you also put in fake animated fans in the stands. Like, there has to be an actually animated fake crowd making that fake noise because if it's just empty seats and crowd noise, I'm out. Well, I think they're going to do that with CGI. They're going to have animated fans. Well, fake animated fans. Yeah, Paul. Dan, as a journalist, I'm very, very much against fake crowd noise, fake fans. Let's let's embrace what this is. This isn't going to be forever, I hope. And, and let's see what it sounds like. I would rather, instead of having crowd noise where it blocks out what the quarterbacks are saying in the huddle, I want to actually hear what the quarterbacks are saying in the huddle. No, the, it, the worst case scenario is fake noise. I'm okay. No, no fake noise. Okay, then no football. You don't have to have that. No, you only get you get one or the other. That's what I'm saying. I'm so no lenient. No football. I'll, 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 <laughs> I want complete silence. Okay, you are a journalist. I've got I got PlayStation. You, you are a journalist. I, I just I understand that we're going to put these things out there and it won't be normal what we've come to expect, what we've come to you know listen to and watch. I'm okay with all of that. Yes, McLovin. I all right. Fake noise is bad. I'm against it. The <laughs> CGI crowd is insane. It's totally nuts. It is. It's like out of a sci-fi movie. How about we just and have I, cardboard cutouts then? Like South Korea? Okay, that's better than the McLovin, CGI McLovin, we, we have a fake first down line there. Are you going to have like the fake? Like, we got the red zone. Off in we, the cold weather? We got the red zone there. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, Paul. We're about two years away from digital players anyway, so let's just start going down that path. (laughs) Cut all these guys. No work. You're not going to have digital concussion lawsuits. Just get them in there. Yes, Seaton. I think what you're actually seeing here is just uh, yet another way in which the AUAA has changed the sports landscape by we were the first to pump in fake crowd noise into a live sporting event. So because we couldn't get crowds. And even if we had crowds, okay. we'd still have to have fake crowd noise there. Yes, nonetheless. We, yes, we love it. Yeah. So those people booing Mario for that last second shot—that yeah. was fake. I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> no, that was real. That was real. Yeah. That day we had a crowd in here just to boo Mario. It was great because with no crowd, no so, uh, no people making noise in the crowd, no CGI, you could actually hear Seton go, "What?" The? Yeah, I know. <laughs> As he let the ball go. Yeah, I'm all for. All for having it natural sound. I know it'll be awkward, but I think it'll be a different type of entertainment there where you're just, you're going to hear everything. And I'm excited about that. If, if that's where we get to, that's the worst case scenario is we have football, but we don't have fans. And we've had teams who pump in noise before. 
watching the Masters. Weren't they accused of pumping in bird noises there? Never confirmed. <laughs> yes, McLovin. New Jersey Nets got busted for it. A lot of teams have gotten busted for it. Yeah. Uh, are we going to move the AUAA to Florida? Is that in the talks? Is that a possibility? They, they said that they wanted major sports. They already said no to us. <laughs> Because I said, look, we quarantine down in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. I, I said, I'd, take over a resort. I'd like to bring down my basketball uh, league. And they said, no, we're sorry. The governor said, no, no, we can't have you down there. This program brought to you by the great folks at Traeger. Join the Traeger hood wood fired grills. They make it easy to create incredible flavor, whether you're barbecuing brisket, baking bread. Join the community today by contacting your local dealer, heading to TraegerGrills.com slash DP show. Phone calls are welcome. McLovin, you got a poll question for me. Thank you. Yeah, we, Thank we have you. to put up we have to put up the fake noise poll. We have to find out where the audience is. Are you in favor of pumping in? Let's just start with fake noise into broadcast. Okay, but I want I want to be on the record as saying I don't want this, but if that's the worst case scenario that comes out of this, I will accept it. I want to hear the quarterback. I want to hear the hits. I want to hear defensive signals. I want to hear all of the ambiance. You know, the ambient sound is what makes football so great. The, the fans, you know, in a pro game aren't anywhere near what they are in a college game. College football atmosphere, there's nothing like that. Pro football, it's a little more sterile environment. But with college, then I'm going to miss that, that crowd. I'm going to miss the big house. I'm going to miss, you know, go down the list of all the great places where you can watch a football game. I'm going to miss that. With the NFL, not quite as much. Uh, let me see. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. We are narrowing down our search for Chat Rose t-shirt. And uh, you can vote today. Started at 9 o'clock with a uh, new wave of uh, t-shirts there. As we're narrowing those t-shirts down, we will come up with the Chat Row t-shirt tomorrow on the program. McLovin, you got a poll question? You can watch this program on youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. Doesn't cost you anything. Stay as long as you want. Check out whenever you want. Yes, McLovin. So we're going to start with the fan noise question. I also have a question. I've seen some players come out and say that they really don't want to play with no fans. Uh, even re- in the last couple of days, some NFL players. If you were a player, would you care about not having fans? Would it affect your – I mean, I know it's obviously dire circumstances, but would that bother you as a fan? Or would you I not would care? not be saying that. If I'm, if I'm a professional athlete, I, w- I would just say, look, we're trying to come back and play. Now – Everybody wants fans, but I don't think you go, you know, LeBron said this right out, right out of the gate. And then he walked it back. Hey, I'm not playing if there's no fans. Now, now Grant, you know, granted, he wants fans to be able to show up. Well, if they can't, we still want you to play. And I, I think it gets, it's dangerous when players start to say, you want to get paid and you want to play and, and maybe in that order, then show up. You know, as long as you're safe, show up, play, we're fine with that. We all want to come back. We want fans there. We want the ambiance there. Who, who doesn't want that? It's if you can't have it, then we adapt. We can't go and you can't have fans. You can still play and we can still watch. Let's do that. That would be, you know, my thought with that. I want to have that ambiance there. But, you know, we're not going to have it. Yeah, McLovin. What about like cursing and like being heard? Sam Darnold talked about being embarrassed by how loud his cadence is. Like, would that be a concern? You know how NBA players are. You've been around them and football players. Do they, are they going to have to censor themselves? 
I don't know if you have a seven-second delay. I mean, you could always do that with the game. But I've never heard somebody say, well, that Sam Darnold's got an embarrassingly loud cadence. Like, if I was Sam Darnold, I'd be worried more about the embarrassingly bad New York Jets, not my cadence there. Because if you play well... Nobody cares how loud your cadence is. Yeah, Paul. You know, in all seriousness, you see what ESPN did with The Last Dance. They put a disclaimer that there's going to be language in this because it served its purposes. If you're Fox or ESPN or one of the NBC, before the game, you put up a disclaimer. We, we can't hit the, the dump button on every time you hear a swear word with no fans in, this, uh, in the stands. So you may hear things that you don't expect and put it up there and just let it play out. And you'll hear everything, every bit of it. And there'll be F words and... Well, the danger of that is you have one o'clock games, four o'clock games, whereas the last dance is on at nine o'clock at night. And that that's a little bit different as far as who's watching this. And they do give you the alternative to watch a a clean version of the last dance. If 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 these are the things that we have to worry about with sports coming back, I'm I'm okay with that. Now, if if we're looking for, hey, you got to watch the curse words. okay, we'll figure that out. The bigger picture is, can we get everybody back, and when can we get everybody back? Uh, Aaron in Tennessee. Hey, Aaron, what do you have for me today? Hey, Dan, six one and a Husky 250. So, um, you know, we had the uh, – my nephew works at the racetrack, and they had the UT Virginia Tech game a couple of years ago, the football game there. And uh, even – I mean, that place was absolutely packed. And because it holds like 160-some thousand people, you know, they could have a football game there, an NFL game, maybe once once a week. Maybe the Monday night game is there or something. And it allows for not full capacity, but you could still have, you know, maybe 40,000 fans and in, in, uh, allow for social distancing. Plus, as big as the track is, even the concession stands would be spread out enough that you could say, hey, your section has to go to this area and your section goes to this area. And it would allow for some fans to be at least at one game a week, maybe. I'm, I'm open for all of this, Aaron. Thank you. All of it. Um, I did talk to somebody yesterday uh, who deals with the uh, NFL, and I said, you know, when you get these players back, what would it take to get them back to be able to go to camp and get ready? And I was told the NFL would need 60,000 tests a week to get their, the, the teams ready. Now, this is all of the personnel, this is all the staff, all of the players. I was told 60,000 tests for them to be able to come back and play. And, you know, the response I got when I said, that seems like a lot. And my source said, well, how would you feel if you knew the NFL was getting these tests, but people who need the test aren't getting these tests? It, It puts the NFL in a bad situation there. But according to the medical staff with the NFL and the NFL Players Association, it might be 60,000 tests per week. I, I, I want to look through all of this. I want to part the seas and say, let's play football. Let's play basketball, baseball. There's still these hurdles. Certain states are allowing. Certain states are not. Uh, I think the Pac-12 is in trouble, as I've said before. I just don't know with... Governor Newsom, with what he's doing in in, uh, California, these teams, will they be able to play? What are the NFL teams? Are they able to play? Do they go to another state to play? We don't know. But as far as getting people back on a court, on the field, playing, 
all for it. However we do it, as long as we're ensuring safety. And I do think that we can have social distancing at a sporting event. And I do think that you're going to treat it like you do when you go to the supermarket where there's arrows that tell you which way to go. You got to stop here when you're getting ready to check out. Maybe that's what happens when you go up to the concession stand, when you go to the bathroom. These are things that are all on the table and should be. Maybe we don't get to this. I would love for it to be, you know, we take five steps back and go, hey, we're okay here. But until then, this is why leagues, this is why conferences, this is why sports are exploring everything. Because they have to. You have to say, what if? And that's what everybody is doing right now. What if that happens? Chris in Florida, then we'll take a break. Hey, Chris. Oh, hey, Dan. 6'3", 200. Um, okay, so back in the 90s, uh, when I was in college, I was a production assistant for Major League Two. It was filmed in Baltimore at Camden Yards. And to make the crowd, like the, the uh, long shots, they wanted to have crowds in the stands, but they didn't want to have to pay extras every single day. So they had us put cardboard cutouts in the, in the stands, like every other seat, and put balloons on them and, you know, make it look like it was moving. It was pretty funny, you know. <laughs> you, you can always do that, and then, like, then people could pay for the seats. Okay. Well, they did that, I think, for uh, what's the Redford movie? The natural? Yeah, the natural. They did that where they put cardboard cutouts. I think that was filmed maybe in Buffalo. Yes, Eden. I mean, isn't it more realistic that what the leagues are going to do when they have no crowds there is just fill the empty stands with sponsorship things to make up lost revenue? You know what I mean? Like you put, you know how they put in digital um, banners all over the place yeah. where it'll say the, you know, uh, whatever company first downline or whatever, yeah. just they're just going to pepper those into the stands and cover it up with, you know, Model sporting goods and stuff like that. We'll take a break here. We'll come back. More phone calls here. I'm open to all of this. Hopefully we don't need it, but I'm open to all of it. And Joe Buck said yesterday, hey, it's pretty much foregone conclusion. Fox is going to be piping in artificial noise here. I have a problem when I watch a sitcom and they have the art they have the, the laugh track. I, I, that always is weird. Can you imagine, though, if they didn't? Well, it might be, it might be better mm-hmm. that it feels like they have to help you laugh. Like you have to understand, hey, now you laugh when you watch Two Broke Girls. <laughs> and then you're going, wait, that wasn't even funny. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought Seton would have been a great laugh track yeah. voice. Yeah. <laughs> no, not like that. <laughs> No, like that. But I think you laugh too well because it's yeah. if I said, OK, f- subtle fake lapsing. <laughs> I need a little bit more. <laughs> Mc- <laughs> McLovin. Yeah, see, no, no, play that again. Play that. Again. OK, how about we laugh as a group here? All right. It's subtle fake laugh. All right. One, two, three. <laughs> hey, should cr- we all try to fake boo in uh, unison? Okay, one, two, three. Boo! boo! I was a hiss guy. I called the hiss. hiss. Guy. Oh, boo, you, hiss. you're the hisser. Hiss. Boo, I, hiss, I, I never booed before. I could. I, does anybody boo now? Don't they? I mean, maybe these players would prefer a boo. But I don't, I, I've yeah. never booed like the, before. The word boo, like you yes. in the stands, who yells, boo? I've never booed before. 
<laughs> oh, there's there's Fritzy. Can Todd hear us right now? He's looking very blankly at the chat. He's frozen. I'm having, I'm having some kind of video issue. It's breaking up and freezing. Oh. I reboot my being told. Yes, Paul. The, uh, Todd's <laughs> screen has been frozen. Todd's, <laughs> yeah, Todd's, but how would you know? That's what everyone in the chat row is saying. Todd's screen's been frozen with the same look on his face for the past nine minutes. And people in the chat row are like, it looks the same as it does the three hours yesterday. Nice. We could just put a cardboard cutout of Todd up there and you might not be able to tell look, the difference. What kind of face does am I supposed to make if I'm staring at my laptop? I don't know. I could just try out a variety of facial expressions. Well, you could just react to what we're saying, even if you can't. I thought I was, but you, you can't uh, you can't see it right now. I have to fix something with the computer here. You're not fixing it. No, I've been told to shut down the computer and put it back on. That was the advice I got from the powers that be. Yes. They all, they all unplug it and replug it. Yes. See what happens. All right, we'll take it. Someone else has said Todd must be farting. So oh, <laughs> oh, wow. they were paying attention. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> let's take a break we'll take a break we'll come back with phone calls here we're off to a rousing start here oh this is good 22 after the hour this is the dan patrick show you're checking things all the time you're checking your email maybe you're checking to see if your computer works or maybe your zoom works todd that was directed at you i know it was uh, but you can't see my great facial expression right now <laughs> <laughs> I love it that it's frozen, but I can hear your voice. We just need to have your lips move. That's all. Like Conan O'Brien. Yeah. When he... <laughs> they just cut out the little yes, lips. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. The Danettes often remind me, hey, any publicity is good publicity. And I always say, yeah, until it's negative publicity and it's about you. So I don't know if what the Rams did yesterday was their intention. They wanted to get you talking about their new uniforms, whether you were saying something nice or not. Here is the Pro Football Hall of Famer and a Rams employee, Eric Dickerson, on the Rams' new uniforms. You know, the colors are not bad. You know, if you want to change the colors, make them a little brighter, you know, the, the uniform is not bad. I just don't like the, the stripe around the, the, the sleeve. It's not big enough. It almost looks like a lightning bolt, like the Chargers uniform. I don't like the stripe down the pants. I wish it was bigger. And the horn, man, it's horrible. I mean, it's terrible. I just feel like they really took away from the Rams uniform. And, and it looks like almost like a Charger logo. It looks like a banana. It looks like two bananas is what it looks like. Ouch. That's Eric Dickerson. That was courtesy of AM570, KLAC. I, what, these uniforms aren't for us. They're not for Eric Dickerson. Is your son or daughter going to like it? That, that's what you're hoping for, I guess. You already established you have you know, a great tradition here. That Rams uniform is beautiful. You know, the white uh, with the blue is beautiful. Now, you throw in a little gold there. The thing that I don't like about it is you get a little closer to the Chargers. And if you're the Rams, you're trying to separate yourself from the Chargers, even though you're going to be in the, in the same stadium. You know, when Paulie said, hey, got the new uniforms, and then we opened them up live on the, on the show, and I went, all right, I'm fine with it. Like, at this point, there are a lot of uniforms I go, I would never wear it. But if I showed it to a 15-year-old, he might go, oh, it's cool, I like that. 
And that's what you're trying to sell to. That's your audience. That's your fan base that you want to get them to buy merchandise. If you're old school, you're going to be buying old school merchandise. That's why I want to see what the Buccaneers do with the creamsicle. Bring it back and see what this, maybe the new generation is going to go, that's either awesome or that's ugly. But I remember when they, that was almost the sign of ineptitude. Creamsicle. A football team wearing creamsicle? And you weren't, they weren't a good team, and people didn't like that uniform. But if if you were, if Tom Brady puts the creamsicle on, suddenly we're going to like creamsicle because he's going to give it some class uh, and cachet there because, you know, he's the GOAT. But I, I watched that with the Rams yesterday unfold, and you could almost predict it. And, and I went, you know, counter to what I really think about it, but I just said, I'm okay with it. I'm all right. I'm fine with it, you know? It's for younger kids. Yeah, I'm playing. And if these teams don't try out things every once in a while, you don't stumble upon a great uniform. You know, if you're an L.A. Rams fan, old school L.A. Rams fan, back in the in the 60s, their uniforms were white with blue trim and a white big huge horn. I love those uniforms. Those are cool. But then they moved into the 70s, and it was that, uh, I don't know if you call it yellow or gold, but mm. it was blue and yellow like the Vince Ferragamo years. And everybody loves those. And I think a lot of people out there think that's the classic Rams uniform. Well, they had to morph into those. They didn't start day one with those. On the opposite side, the Chargers, they started with powder blue year one. I think 1960, they had powder blue and they had the lightning bolts, which the Chargers have gone back to, which is why everybody likes what the Chargers are doing. I, you know, it's one of those where you're young, everything is so much more impactful to you. And to see the Chargers in person playing the Cincinnati Bengals, and I just remember when they came out on the field, I fell in love. Like I, I was like a schoolboy. I just said I fell in love right there. I love those colors of those those the the Chargers uniforms, the lightning bolts, everything about it. They just look like they were the Bengals were a time warp. They were stuck in a vacuum, you know, nineteen sixty. Whereas the Chargers, they were. That was great. That was front center stage. It was beautiful. All right, some phone calls here. Uh, we're talking about fan noise being pumped in here. Joe Buck said yesterday that uh, Fox is going to do this with their football games. It's a foregone conclusion, I think, is what Joe said. And I'm fine with it. I don't want it. I don't need it. I'd rather hear the ambient sound. But if that's what Fox wants, great. You want to put cardboard cutouts in there? Great. Go ahead. At this stage, I'll take whatever. I don't care. I'll watch the game in black and white if I have to with, the, you know, those rabbit ears that you had to fix and put aluminum foil on them. Jimmy in Chicago. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, good morning, Dan. Uh, yeah, on that topic, uh, I got it. You got to have sound in the, in the games uh, for the for the games. You got to. Um, I was watching WrestleMania this year with no fans and no sound, and it was terrible. Uh, so, yeah, I'm all for having sound. Okay. I've got to do it. Okay. And I hate to bring up the ESPN NBA list again, but uh, just I had one question. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, irritated um, that Bird is number seven ahead of Duncan, Kobe, and Shaq. Um, and I respect Bird. I know all he's done. But um, like you said yesterday, it's all the greatest is about skills and it's not about accomplishments. It's all about what you just the player itself. So just your opinion on Bird. Yeah, I I don't know what it's based on. Thank you, Jimmy. I I don't know who voted. I don't know the criteria. And and that's what Paulie and I tried to find out yesterday, because you're going to vote 
on who you saw. And there are times when you just put in somebody because if you don't, then you're going to look stupid. Like people put in Oscar Robertson. I, I'm going to guess the people voting on this did not see Oscar play. Now, they know he averaged a triple-double. And he won a title when he was with Milwaukee. Okay. I mean, Oscar was one of the great players of all time. People didn't see Elgin Baylor play. Elgin, look at, If you look at Elgin Baylor's numbers as a 6'5 forward, like we think Charles Barkley was amazing, and he was. Elgin Baylor didn't win, but he was unbelievable. Nobody saw him play. I'm guessing who voted on this. Do you know his career average? Now, career average for Elgin Baylor. And I'm going to guess at best he was 6'5". He averaged 27 points, 12 rebounds. That's pretty good. Listed at 6'5". Nobody saw him play. Bill Russell, nobody saw him play. But you know what he accomplished. Very limited offensive player. Not a good shooter, but the great winner. And you put him in there. We saw Shaq and Kobe. We want Shaq and Kobe to be higher. We saw Tim Duncan. Well, Tim Duncan should be higher. Maybe you saw Larry Bird in person. Maybe you just see the highlights there. That's why it's difficult when you vote on this. But ESPN's getting what ESPN wants, and that's reaction here. And I am front and center, guilty as charged. I reacted. I brought this up to Paulie. If I said 10 or 15 years from now, which player today, aside from LeBron, is in the top 10? Because to me, that's interesting. Is Kawhi Leonard consistent enough, good enough to get into the top 10? Steph Curry would need a second act to get into the top 10. But he's very close. Who else? The Greek freak has to win a championship or two. At least one. He has to win one championship to get in there. Kawhi's got two. If Kawhi added two more, let's say. Now he's got four. Now, he's not a great regular season player. He's won two titles. I don't think he's one of the great players of all time. I think he's one of the great players of today, but not of all time. I need consistency there. You take time off, load management, all of those things factor in. I look at these guys who are playing 81, 82, 80 games every single year. I expect that out of my great players. But Shaq and Kobe, you know, Kevin Durant has a chance. If he wins a title with the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, I could see as a top 10 player of all time. Now, he might get there anyway with just, you know, sheer numbers. And he's got a title. But I think if you're going to go top 10, I need more than just one title to be in the top 10. Just my feeling there. If you're looking at greats of all time, there has to be something that says, boy, great career. Now to put you in the top 10, there has to be something that goes along with that. And please do not, you know, I, I, I don't want you to misinterpret what I say about Bill Russell. Because if you said I get Bill Russell on my team, I, I'm thrilled. But, you know, when I had this argument with Chris Mannix yesterday, he goes, uh, and I said, Rick Barry, to me, is a better player than Russell Westbrook. That's it. Not, not more talented because he goes, oh, Russell Westbrook would kill him going one-on-one. -on -one. How would Bill Russell do against Shaq? He wouldn't do well, folks. If you look at Russell and his size, he would not do well. That's it. Oh, he did well against Will Chamberlain. You know, the Celtics did well against Will Chamberlain. 
Wilt once had 55 rebounds, I believe, on the Celtics. Like, Wilt still put up good numbers. He just didn't win. Bill Russell won. Hell, you got to put him in the top five. I know it sounds blasphemous. I don't think Russell is a top 10 player. I think with his resume, those accomplishments, you're going to put him in there. But if I'm looking at the talent, and is he a top 10 player? Okay, I'm putting him in there because 11 titles. And, and if that's the, you know, the final line of your resume and, and where you're going to be placed there, then he should be number one all, all time, right? Like, why is LeBron above Bill Russell? He's got three. Mike's got six. Bill's got 11. Well, he's good enough to get in there with 11, but he's not good enough to be put higher than guys who have less titles than him combined. That's where it gets confusing. Oscar, I saw him play. He was dominating. Even better in college, I thought. But still, you know, he's giving you a, a, a triple. Do- That's all people know about with Oscar Robertson. Now, they don't know anything about his winning percentage. They don't know anything about it. They just don't. It's like when you talk about quarterbacks and you go, well, you got to include Johnny Unitas. Did you see him? No, but you got to include Johnny Unitas. Okay. People look at Joe Namath and think Joe Namath was a great quarterback. He wasn't. He was as stylistic as anybody who ever played the position. He played in New York and pulled off the biggest upset in Super Bowl history. People don't know he threw more interceptions than touchdowns. We get caught up in these, well, I'm told this. You still have the eye test. And Joe Namath, as much as I love him as a person, was not one of the great quarterbacks of all time. I, did, I never thought he was a Hall of Famer. And he wasn't healthy. Nobody threw a prettier ball, though. I, I loved Namath the way he threw. But he didn't have great numbers. He had a magical year when they won the Super Bowl. But that's not enough to get you into the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. That's why when we vote, what are we voting on? Are we voting on what we're supposed Like, is Kobe better than LeBron? I have no problem if you want to put Kobe ahead of LeBron right now. No problem. He got five titles. Why isn't Kobe ahead of LeBron? Because we're told it's an argument between LeBron and Michael. Nobody else is allowed. Nobody else is involved here. So that, that's where it gets tricky. And I yes, I got passionate about it. But, but because I take great pride in having watched basketball and having seen these quarterbacks play. If you want to have these lists, who's voting on it? And what is your criteria? Just be fair to the fans. Yeah, Paul. The one guy you mentioned a little bit early, Steph Curry. He's 31 years old. He's going to be healthy next year. The, the league is kind of wide open, and he's got, he'll have Clay Thompson back. It's going to be interesting if he reverts back to... 28, 29, 30 points a game, Steph Curry without Kevin Durant. If he could somehow pull off an MVP and a title or both in the second half of his career, that that brings him right back to prominence. Yeah, I thought that he was going to be the pick for uh, MVP. You know, that, that, that comeback story, no Durant, and just the resurgence of the Golden State Warriors, that if Steph Curry has a second career here, then he's got a chance to be a, a top 10 player of all time because he has the titles. He changed the game. He's going to be the all-time leading three-point shooter. Um, Kevin Durant has a chance to go in there. And the Greek freak, you know, 
statistically will be great. He just has to have titles if he's going to be a top 10 player. But I was just thinking about that as the next step with this top 10 list or top 74 players that ESPN put out. We'll take a break. Your phone call is coming up. Play of the day right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick show. If you would have told me at age 20, after watching doc Gooden pitch two years with the Mets, do you want to bet on this guy? How much do you want to bet on this guy going to the hall of fame? I would have put everything to the center of the table. I think he was 17 and eight his rookie year and he was 24 and four his second year. And that second year, when you watch a pitcher and you feel sorry for hitters, so he, you have an ERA of 1.53, but he had a, a great fastball, but an, a really electric breaking ball. And when you're 24 and four and you have 16 complete games, he's only 20 years of age and he's playing in New York. So you're going to get extra credit there if you do something great. And then all of a sudden, it went south, went south in a hurry there for Doc Gooden. Yeah, Paulie. If you open this up to all sports where a young, maybe after their rookie year athlete, and I, you know, not just Michael Jordan, LeBron James, I would say Eric Dickerson of the Rams were throwing out his name. When he busted into the league that year, he, he felt like a track star that weighed 230. And I guess the same with Earl Campbell. But I remember when Eric Dickerson came in, I remember thinking to myself, oh, he's, he's going to have every rushing record. This is silly. But football players, well, running backs – we fall in love with early and they it's not sustainable that that's the thing you know a quarterback can come in dan marino is second year through 48 touchdowns and if you would have said would you bet on him going to the hall of fame i would have said yes yeah Paul. eric dickerson's first two years in the nfl 1800 yards and 2100 yards he averaged over five yards a carry for his first two years he averaged 120 yards a game so a bad game was 110 yards yeah. for his first two years and then he, he had a few more really good years but he you know, he had a basically a six-year unbelievable run. Yeah, I'm trying to think, and I'm sure this audience can remind us of, if, if you were going to bet after two years of somebody's career, and I know running backs are probably going to dominate this list because they do come in, and back then you were featured. Now you're not featured as much. Like Christian McCaffrey, Hall of Famer. And, and I would say no. Knowing that position, I would go, no. Even though he could, I mean, he had an unbelievable season last year. Saquon Barkley, Hall of Famer? I'd say no. And I don't know what running backs right now you'd go, that guy's going to the Hall of Fame. I know Frank Gore's going to the Hall of Fame. I don't know who else is going to the Hall of Fame of these current running backs. But if you were looking at a two-year wonder, like Zion Williamson, you all in going to the Hall of Fame? Like I, I would say no right now. Because I don't know if he's going to win, and I don't know how his game is going to develop. So I would say no. Begrudgingly, no. Lonzo Ball, I'd say yes. Yes, McLovin. I was joking. Yes. yes. Yeah, by the way, uh, Zion's already number nine on the ESPN. Have they moved up already? Yeah, he, yeah, they revised it. I just want to let you know. I would like to have seen, or if they had a new, oh, I can't say a new list. What am I saying? But if you did a list of top 10 players who you think will join the top 10 list. Uh -huh. Oh, there you go, ESPN. You're welcome. Go get them.
Uh, let me see. Rob in Florida joins us. Hi, Rob. What do you have on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Hi, Rob. Um, two things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a huge thank you to the five of you guys and all the guys in the back. Um, I was unemployed on March 11th, you know, and I, I've tried to do my best for 10 weeks to stay shelter in place. You, you guys are a bright spot in my day. And uh, I never thought I'd wake up and say, God, I got to listen to Dan Patrick today. <laughs> um, my wife says the same thing. <laughs> well, she's had to do it for a long, lot long. Yeah. I've, I've only had 10 weeks at this. Okay. Um, and, and so that's, I just want to say thank you. you. You know, guys like you that are on the, you're, you're giving, it's really tough right now being here. Um, here's my comment. I really appreciate what you said yesterday about the politics. This is not politics about it. Um, I haven't been able to get unemployment benefits in 10 weeks. Our state is all messed up, the computer systems. People are really in trouble here in Florida. This is really... And they're in trouble everywhere. I'm sorry, Rob, to have to cut you off. We're up against the commercial break. We'll get some more phone calls coming up. We'll talk to the Raptors head coach, Nick Nurse, coming up. Dan Patrick Show.